Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, 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 what up, what up, though? It's your boy Reggie Watkins, and you're listening to I'm Probably Right. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment, but don't be hating. My man Kevin Cleveland is running the boards, engineer and producer the show. What up, Kevin? Yo, Reggie. Great to be back. Happy uh, Thanksgiving week. Yeah, man. It's, um, you know, Thanksgiving is coming. It's a it's a good week. You know, a short, short week for some football teams, but I'm excited. Uh, you know, my Niners got a win this weekend, which was good, but not good because that means Trey Lance still doesn't get to play. But hey, you know, uh, the game is going to be the game. This week, we are going to talk about the almost malice at the Palace took place between the Lakers and the Pistons on Sunday night. Going to get into week 11 of the NFL, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving and the holiday. But first up. So, this Sunday, the Lakers played the Pistons, the Detroit Pistons, the, uh, I believe, the 4-10 and 10 at the time Detroit Pistons and the Los Angeles Lakers were 8-9 and nine at the time coming into this game. Everybody was healthy. LeBron James was healthy to play. It was the second game back from being out with, um, I believe he had an abdominal strain. Anthony Davis was healthy. Russell Westbrook was healthy. Carmelo Anthony was healthy. Everybody was healthy. Everybody for the Pistons was healthy. And Lakers and Pistons start playing the game in the first half. Lakers are uh, getting beat down by the Pistons by about 12 points. Come out of the halftime, third quarter, about nine minutes, 18 seconds left. They down by 12. And uh, one of the Pistons is shooting a free throw. LeBron James and Isaiah Stewart are on the box And Isaiah Stewart tries to box out LeBron James and LeBron James swings back and knocks Isaiah Stewart into next week. This started a whole big thing. And when you first watched it, when I first watched it, I didn't think anything of it. Right. I didn't see that he got that he had LeBron had swung and hit dude in the face. Cause first off, we have to just break this down from the level of everything that's happening with it. Right. So, They're at the free throw line. This is the NBA, okay? Most people, I mean, for the the most part, the league, I believe, is about a 70% free throw shooting league. So that means seven out of 10 times, the free throw is going to go in, right? We don't really need to be boxing out so hard for these things. Especially, now, also, what people need to understand is there are three spots on each side of the key for people to line up for the free throw, right? The the team that is on defense, the team that is not shooting the free throw, they get their first man down low, closest to the basket. The next spot is for the team that is shooting the free throw. They put one of their big men there. And then the top spot is for the other team. LeBron James was in the top spot, furthest away from the ball, and Isaiah Stewart was in the second spot. For some reason, Isaiah Stewart really wanted to box out LeBron James and make sure LeBron had no chance of getting this free throw rebound from the third spot up in the box. AKA, it was pure asinine, right? And it was just try hard. Basically, what Isaiah Stewart was doing was trying to show up, 
King LeBron James. And LeBron swings back, and it's like he's trying to get his arm. Because if you can, if you watch this video, Kevin, I don't know if you you said you just saw it, right? If you watch the video, Isaiah Stewart has his like forearm kind of up in LeBron's armpit. And LeBron takes exception to this, and I think it's more, it's 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 more not that he's taking exception to, you know, the fact the dude has his armpit, his his uh his forearm up in his armpit. He's taking exception to the dude being such a tryhard from the free throw line in the third spot. Like, what are you doing? I'm LeBron James, and <laughs> this dude's gonna make the free throw, which he did. Why are you trying to box out so hard? So LeBron swings back, and you could tell he had some some malice intended. No malice in palace, no, no, no pun intended. He had some malice intended with throwing this arm back. And he connected with this dude's face. Literally, it was his forearm, then his fist that I mean shook Isaiah Stewart, and he falls to the ground. He's on the ground. He gets up. LeBron immediately comes over. He's like, oh, man, I didn't mean to do that. But when you rewatch the film and watch the angles, LeBron definitely meant to swing back. I don't know if he meant to hit the dude in the face. And I kind of think he might have meant to hit the dude in the face. I kind of think LeBron meant, yo, I'm LeBron. You're a 20-year-old, I think, second-year player from Washington playing for the 4-10 Detroit Pistons. Relax, son. You don't need to, to box me out this hard right here. I am LeBron. And he wanted to check the dude, and he checked him. He just checked him the hell out of the week. Right? Checked him out of the week. And so the whole thing gets started, and you have to remember where we're at. We're in Detroit, where the malice in the palace happened. It was basically two days around. It might have been like today is the actual day the malice in the palace happened in 2004, okay, where Ron Artest and uh, Steven Jackson and uh, Jermaine O'Neal all got into the fight with uh, the Pistons fans because Ron Artest had had fouled somebody real hard and and uh, Ben, uh, the dude from the Pistons, I forget his name, Ben, uh, I can't remember his damn name, but the dude who was like the short dude, but he got all the damn rebounds, but he, they got into a little thing. They went up to the, uh, to the stands. Fans ended up getting knocked the hell out. Uh, all because of one dude threw a bottle of water at Ron Artest while he was laying on top of the scoreboard, stunting, of course, Ron Artest, that's what he did, uh, now known as Meta World Peace, stunting, and dude threw the water bottle, and then all of a sudden Ron Artest ran, ran up into the stands, and he hit a dude who wasn't the dude who threw the water bottle, because that dude was standing there looking like, oh my God, who was coming at me? But Ron Artest was looking at that dude like, why is this dude looking at me? He must have been the one throwing the bottle. So he went up and cold cocked the dude, while the dude who actually threw the bottle stood behind and then grabbed Ron Artest from behind. Old punk ass, okay? That's what his name is, old punk ass dude in Detroit who did all that. Uh, so that started a whole melee that you could watch. You could watch, there's documentaries on Netflix, there's documentaries, there's 30 for 30s on it. It was insane. Changed the landscape of the NBA, which started the whole deal with no more fighting ever. We don't want any of this ever. So we fast forward to what happened this Sunday. LeBron James has never been in a fight in the NBA ever. Because why? Because the NBA has basically legislated out fighting. Because it was happening often back in the 70s and 80s. Hell, I dare you to Google Kermit Washington and Rudy Tomjanovich. Google that. Kermit Washington almost killed Rudy Tomjanovich on the court of an NBA basketball game. Hell, go back and look at Dr. J and Larry Bird fighting 
right? This this is stuff that happened. Robert Parrish, like all these people, there was there was fights. People used to fight in the NBA. It was something that they did. But the consumers of the NBA, who were largely white, started getting scared of seeing these black dudes whooping ass. <laughs> they didn't want to see this no more. It was it was hurting the product. It was hurting the customer base. It was hurting the product, making it people starting to call it thug thug activities. So they had to change all that. They've legislated it out. They brought in the flagrant fouls. They brought in all that stuff. So we get to this past Sunday, and you got LeBron James, who has never been in a fight. LeBron James, who has never been suspended, he 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 popped this dude, popped him, meant to do it, but didn't mean to have his face leaking. Because if you watch the video after after he gets hit, he's stunned. He gets to the ground. He gets back up, and of course he starts acting. He's right there. LeBron's in his face, like, "Hey man, I didn't mean to do this." Dude is like yelling and, and talking and yada yada yada, and then his face just starts leaking, 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 leaking. And the people that push him away, then all of a sudden he gets riled up like he wants to fight after he was already in LeBron's face right there. If he really wanted to fire on LeBron, he could have fired on him immediately, but he didn't want to do that because nobody in the NBA wants to fight. No, nobody wants to fight because it costs money. And contrary to what regular fans and regular people like to believe, these NBA players, just because they've got millions, they don't like giving away money. That nobody likes giving away. I, I, I don't like giving away money. Kevin, I'm sure you don't like giving away money. NBA players don't like giving away money either. Yeah, but it's only 500 grand. Who would care if they find a 500? Who cares? Uh, the people who are actually losing the money? 500 grand, it, it, who, who wants to burn 500 grand because they want to throw a punch or get in a fight on a basketball court? Basketball players aren't trying to fight. Nobody trying, especially basketball players. We got to get rid of this myth that, that there's, there's people in the league who, who really want it. Uh, people, especially after this LeBron fight happened, I got people on Twitter and people in my, my group chats talking about, man, LeBron didn't want nothing. He didn't want nothing with that dude. That dude didn't want nothing with LeBron either. He wanted to act like he wanted something with LeBron. And you want to know why he wanted to act like that? Because he had the same face. Hell, we got Thanksgiving coming up this Thursday. He's going to be with his family and his friends. They can't be sitting at Thanksgiving dinner, everybody looking at him like, why don't you fire on LeBron? He had to. He had to put on a show, and a show he put on. This dude, after everybody got in the way and everybody's in between and making sure nobody was going to get nothing was going to happen, he started trying to run through everybody. And you got Russell Westbrook sitting back there with the with his Dukes up. You got uh, Anthony Davis standing on the side. You got uh, DeAndre Jordan. You got Dwight. Everybody's out there. Like, yo, what the hell is going on? What this dude want to do? He's running through, trying to run through everybody. Not throwing any punches at anybody, just running around like a bull in the damn china shop. Then he gets subdued again, and he pulls the okey-doke where he tried to act like he was cool. No, nah, man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm, I'm chill. I'm chill. And he walks. And then all of a sudden, he doubles back and runs back through a couple people, knocking over a couple of his, his coaches and almost trying to get to somebody that we can't see because the camera wasn't really focused on who he was running after, which we assume he was trying to run after LeBron. But why is he running after LeBron when LeBron was just in his face and he did absolutely nothing? Why? Because none of these dudes really want to fight. They just want to act like they want to fight and look like they want to fight. Even when you see the people who are supposed to be the toughest, the Morris twins, Markeith and Markeith. They're supposed to be the toughest dudes in the NBA. They all, no, don't nobody want it with them. They always pushing somebody. They ain't never punching nobody. Why? Because NBA players ain't trying to fight. These dudes are 6'8", 
265, you know what I'm saying, 250, whatever, right? They look like you don't want no problems with them because they big. But you know what happens when you look like you don't want nobody want no problems with you? Nobody ever gives you problems. So when nobody ever gives you problems, you don't ever have no practice fighting. That's what people don't understand. These big dudes don't know how to fight. They just look like you don't want to fight them. And so none of these NBA cats want to fight. They don't want nothing with no man. I guarantee you, they don't want no. They don't want nothing with no NFL players. NFL players get hit for a living. That's what they do. They welcome the pain. NBA players, man, they love chilling, shooting them threes, sitting out on the wing, kicking it, passing, dribbling. Man, they none of these dudes physical like that really want to fight. But, of course, you're going to hear both sides of the narrative, and you're definitely going to hear LeBron is soft, man. This is what I was hearing all the yesterday. LeBron is soft. He didn't want nothing to do with that. Well, hold up. Okay, if he's soft, then why did he swing on the dude? Well, you know what I'm saying? He was just, man, he was just mad. Okay, so if he was mad, then... Then he wasn't soft, right? Do, do soft people get mad and swing on people? Man, you know he's soft. No, I don't know he's soft. <laughs> All I know is the dude swung on somebody from behind, cold cocked him, and then stood there, tried to apologize for it, and nothing ever happened. But this is what the haters will do. This is what they'll do. They'll change the narrative and they'll say LeBron's soft. But then LeBron swung on a dude and knocked him, basically almost knocked him out. Then LeBron need to apologize. What part of the game is that? So, so he's soft, but then he shows he ain't soft, but then you want him to be soft and you want him to apologize. Man, you know, that was dirty, man. That was whack. He shouldn't have done that. But these are the same people who will tell you that the NBA used to be tough. This NBA ain't tough. This NBA is soft. But back in the day, they did the same thing. So, so if LeBron is doing what they did back in the day, wouldn't the same logic apply now as, as it did then? Then, So what, what do you mean? Is he, is he soft because he swung on a dude? Is he whack because he swung on a dude? Because people were swinging on dudes and jostling for position back in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. People were pushing people in the back. It all happened that way. Was everybody in the 80s, 70s, 90s whack for doing that too? No, they weren't. But you like them and you don't like LeBron, so you'll change the narrative to make it fit what you want it to fit. And all I want you to do is just say I'm a hater. Just admit I'm a hater and the truth will set you free. You will be happier. Your life will feel better. Trust me, things will be clearer. Once you admit that you just hate LeBron James, everything will start to work out. Take it from Reg. I'm probably right. We back after the break. So week 11 is in the books. And um you know, Kevin, we we at the beginning of the season, we had I had my predictions on what I thought was going to happen. So I figured it might be cool to to quickly recap where we're at and where we stand with what with what I said was going to happen in the beginning of the season, right? So I believe that for the AFC East, I had the Buffalo Bills winning that division. Uh, currently, as it stands right now, the Buffalo Bills are 6-4, and four, and they are second in that division behind the New England Patriots, who I thought would not make the playoffs. And nothing has changed for me. I still don't think the New England Patriots will make the playoffs, even though they are playing well. The problem with the New England Patriots is – they win a game and people lose their minds and they forget what they actually watched and what the context of the situation was. So the New England Patriots just beat 
the Atlanta Falcons. They beat the Atlanta Falcons on a Thursday night, 25 to nothing. The same Atlanta Falcons who had just lost to the Dallas Cowboys, I want to say uh, 40 something, maybe 40 something or 30 something to six. So we know that their offense is inept. They lost Calvin Ridley to mental health issues. Um, they're receiving cores down. All they got basically is Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts and the ghost of, of Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan needs to hang it up. I'm, I'm watching this game. It's time for Matt Ryan to call it a career, bruh. And the, the Atlanta Falcons are, are, are in the same situation as basically like the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've got an old quarterback who used to be pretty good, and they're holding on with no future plans in place. They haven't drafted a quarterback. They took Kyle, they took a tight end this year in Kyle Pitts instead of drafting one of the quarterbacks and holding on to Matt Ryan, who has gotten worse every year. Because why? Because Matt Ryan is another dude that everything has to be working perfectly for him to be great. He had to have a great play caller in Kyle Shanahan there. He had to have Julio Jones, right? He had to have an amazing offensive line. He had to have Devontae Freeman running the ball, and I forget who the other dude was running uh, with the, the tandem running backs. Everything had to be going great for Matt Ryan to look great, and he did for that one season and never been the same since. He is not a Hall of Famer. Anybody that says that, slap yourself, lock yourself in a dungeon. It's insane, but I'm digressing. The Patriots beat the Falcons, and their defense looked good, but their offense looked whatever. And they look whatever because of Mac Jones. And people will swear to you that Mac Jones is, man, he's a great rookie. He's looking great. Mac Jones is good. He's serviceable. I'm not saying he's bad or he's terrible. But the thing about quarterback in the NFL, good does not win you Super Bowls. It just won't, unless you have an all-time great defense. It will not win you Super Bowls. He is vanilla ice cream with no sprinkles. Literally, the guy threw for I me. Mean, he's completing. He's completing passes. He's twenty-two for twenty-six. Twenty-two for twenty-six, but two hundred yards, one touchdown, one interception. Yo, like that is the completions are great. That is really cool. That doesn't do anything for you. There's no, there's no, there's no extra. And what he reminds me of, he reminds me of of Kyle Kuzma when Kyle Kuzma came into the league, uh, in the same draft class with Lonzo Ball uh, to the Lakers. So the Lakers were terrible, right? They had just previously picked number two the year before, and they took Brandon Ingram, an 18 year old rookie out of Duke when they took him. So you get to the next year. They're picking number two again. They take Lonzo Ball, a 19-year-old rookie from UCLA. And then they draft Kyle Kuzma later in that first round, who was a junior, from a, a redshirt junior, from, from uh, Michigan State. No, he went to Utah, right? So you've got Kyle Kuzma, who's already 21, 22 years old, coming into the league. He's had three years of real, three to four years of real experience of traveling, learning how to practice, learning how to play a game and then travel, learning how, what, what kind of regiment he needs. He's got his basketball game down. And the Lakers drafted in consecutive years two one-and-done players 
who were had not even reached their physical peak. These guys, I mean, Brandon Ingram is still a twig. He was even smaller when he got to the league. Lonzo was small as hell and couldn't shoot when he got to the league. And so what happened was Kyle Kuzma that year looked good, looked really good. Why? Because in comparison to these two young, super talented dudes, he was already polished more than they were. So he was able to figure out what kind of game he had and what he was going to do. These guys were still figuring it out. And you had people talking about, well, oh, Kyle Kuzma is the best rookie on this team. No, Kyle Kuzma is just the most experienced rookie. You will see in a couple of years when these guys figure it out, they will be better than Kyle Kuzma. It's just going to take time. And what eventually happened? Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball are better than Kyle Kuzma because Kyle Kuzma came into the league basically at his ceiling. Those guys were in the basement in the first floor of their development. And now we're seeing them get to the next levels where Kyle Kuzma has just stayed the same. That is Mac Jones. Mac Jones is a five-year college player. You don't stay in college for five years for no reason. You stay there because you're not talented enough to leave early. Nobody, I mean, basically, he sat behind Jalen Hurts. He sat behind Tua Tungvaloa. And those guys, well, Jalen Hurts transferred because Tua was there, and Mac Jones wouldn't have played. He would have only gotten one year of playing if Tua had decided to stay in college another year. But why did Tua not stay in college? Because he was talented enough to leave early. Mac Jones never had that. And so you're seeing a guy at his ceiling. He's smart enough to know I can't turn the ball over here. He's smart enough to know I take what the defense gives me. He's, he's smart enough to know what he can and cannot do. We're watching these young rookies in the NFL with immense talent, Justin Fields, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Those guys are, it's going to take them time to figure out how to use the extreme gifts that they have and be smart enough to know how to live and see another down. Because why? Those guys all played three years of college and bounced because they're too talented to waste another year of, of, of life playing college ball. Mac Jones didn't have that option. So you're going to see him look good right now. But every year you're going to see the talented guys rise and rise and rise because they're in the basement in the first level of their careers. Mac Jones is just a guy who stepped into a perfect situation for him. And I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think that the Buffalo Bills will beat them twice, even though they've looked boo-boo the last, like, two games. I think they still beat New England twice. They've got a better team. They've got a good defense. Josh Allen just has to play like the Josh Allen that y'all swear he is. Like, he's better than Lamar Jackson, better than Justin Herbert. He's better than all this, but he ain't looked it. So I still got the Buffalo Bills uh, winning uh, the AFC East. AFC North. I had Cleveland, and I was dead wrong. Although they still could win it, but I'm going to go ahead and, 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 and say that Baltimore is going to win this. And the only reason I didn't have Baltimore winning was because everybody got hurt. I thought that there was no way Lamar would be able to keep this team afloat with all these injuries that they had. But he has, and hell, they won a game this week against Chicago while Lamar couldn't even play because he was sick. And I hope it ain't COVID again because then he is just the most unlucky dude in the history of COVID. But they won a game with, uh, I forget who, the uh, something Huntley. I forgot who the hell was starting for them. But they beat the Chicago Bears who lost Justin Fields in that game. And now they're going back to Andy Dalton. And Matt Nagy, and with all reports, supposed to be fired this Thursday after Thanksgiving. Um, uh, I guess that would be a happy Thanksgiving for the city, for the city of Chicago. Uh, AFC South, I said Tennessee was going to win that division. They're still winning the division, 8-3. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts are, are, are on the heels, though. 6-5? and five? Eh, eh, eh. It could be a good, uh, we're we going to see how this turns out. 
uh, the, t- the Tennessee Titans, they did lose Derrick Henry. And so when they lost him, you know, all bets were off. But they got a nice little cushion. They could mess around and win some games. And the New England Patriots have to play them coming up, I think, this Sunday. So that'll be a good game and a good testament to see how Mac Jones does in that kind of environment against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, AFC West, I said Kansas City was going to win this division, and they are winning this division by half a game over the Los Angeles Chargers. I still think they're going to win this division because they're just the better teams. They have the best quarterback in the world. They will figure it out. Uh, nobody figured out Patrick Mahomes. I heard people talking about that. It's not the case. Patrick Mahomes, uh, the, the the rumors of his demise have been greatly exaggerated, and Kansas City will be fine. Uh, NFC East, I believe that I picked the Dallas Cowboys, and why wouldn't I? Because this is a trash division, and Dallas is seven and three. I still don't think they're that good. I think they've had they've they've benefited from playing a. Uh, I think they're playing a third place schedule. Yeah, they're playing a third place schedule or a third place schedule, and they've got they just haven't won any of the the big games they needed to win. And when when they played against the great quarterbacks, Dak has come up short and he hasn't looked good, and that's what it is. Dak is not elite; he's a good quarterback. He's not elite. That's what happens when he plays against elite quarterbacks. He looks like he's just a step below, and so therefore the team is a step below. Uh, NFC North. I had Green Bay winning this uh, division, and I still have them winning this division, even though they just lost to Minnesota uh, in a, a great game. I still got them winning the division, even though they got a trash quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, who is great on the field, but he's trash in real life. And NFC South, I took Tampa Bay. I thought New Orleans would make a sneaky come up. Uh, they lost Jameis Winston, so that is over. But Carolina could possibly still make it they brought back cam and i was hoping with all pieces of my body and my mind and my soul that cam would be able to get ron rivera and knock him around with the washington football team but that was not the case because tyler heineke who i'm wondering why the hell they had tyler heineke starting while cam newton was sitting at home on his couch and ron rivera who used to be cam newton's coach and actually had his career uh you know his career was given to him basically by Cam Newton being all everything for Carolina. Uh, he did not go and get him and they kept Tyler Taylor Heineke and Taylor Heineke looked okay this week, but he's still not the long-term answer. He's just a guy who had a good game this week and Cam's not the long-term answer. I mean, he's getting older, but it was nice to see some flashes of Cam come out there and play well, but Tampa Bay is going to win that division and the NFC West. I had my 49ers winning the NFC West. And then uh, I watched the 49ers. I was like, oh, hell no. They ain't winning the NFC West. And I thought it was going to be the Arizona. I mean, I thought it was going to be the Los Angeles Rams. And then the Arizona Cardinals came up and started balling. And then the Los Angeles Rams balled. But then my Niners beat the Rams. And so now I don't know what the hell is going on with this division. It's so crazy up in the air. But I still think that the Arizona Cardinals will end up. I, I think I, I thought. Niners were going to do it. I was wrong about that. I think it'll be Arizona, Los Angeles. I'm really interested to see what's going to happen this week after the bye because this is the week that they actually get a chance with the Rams, Odell, and Stafford to practice together, get him up to speed so they don't have to just use him on first and second down so they so they can use him in the red zone. You're going to see a whole different team come next week, and I think that it'll come down to the Rams and the Cardinals and I'm I'm sticking with the, the Cardinals. I'm going to stick with them. So that's our update on what it was uh, when I started the season. I'm not too far off, Kevin. I'm, I'm actually still kind of, kind of right in the mix with things, right? I'm probably right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but 
we're going to see. We got some um, good games. No, we don't. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm lying. We got some terrible games coming up for, for Thanksgiving. I don't know. You know what? I'm going to leave this for the next one because we're going to talk about uh, right after the break. We're going to talk about some Thanksgiving stuff. But week 11 wasn't as bad as week 10, 9, and 8. But I think we're getting through the bye weeks, and we can finally, finally get back to some good games, and everybody's playing on the field, and uh, I'm ready for the stretch run. Let's see how we do. Back after the break. Thanksgiving is coming up this Thursday. I think Thanksgiving is probably my favorite holiday of all the holidays. What, what, what's your favorite holiday, Kevin? I got to agree with you, actually. I really like Thanksgiving. I like just sitting around, eating, watching football, enjoying the... Well, luckily in Southern California, we've got great weather, so... Yeah, I'm, I love, like, eating and, you know, hanging out with family drinking a little bit and just chatting and you know and and talking talking trash and just having fun it's a good time um i usually love watching football but you know what i was thinking the other day is i love watching football on on thanksgiving but i never love the games because we always get the same teams playing on on thanksgiving and i'm wondering for the people in chicago and the people in detroit have they started a petition to ask the NFL to stop highlighting their team's awfulness every Thanksgiving? Because these are the national games we get. Everybody gets to watch. These are the highest-rated games of the season because there's only three of them on this day. Everybody is off work. Everybody that's a football fan is watching these games. These are always the highest-rated games of the year. And what do we always get? We get the boo-boo Detroit Lions, and we get the terrible Chicago Bears every single year on our TV. And this year, they're actually playing against each other. This is the game, the Bears and the Lions this year. They're matched up. Awful. The Bears will be without Justin Fields. Andy Dalton is starting. Boo. The Detroit Lions are 0-9-1. Jared Goffel is starting. Double boo. This game is going to suck. It starts at 9.30. I'm just going to sleep. I'm just going to sleep until this game is over. I don't even want to be tempted to turn on and look at the score. I'm not touching it. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to dream about all the good food I'm going to eat on Thanksgiving Day. Um, the Raiders and the Cowboys play this. Uh, this now, that might be a good game. I'm actually in, That's going to be a good game. That's probably going to be the best game of Thanksgiving because you got the Bills and the Saints later on at night, and the Bills better beat Trevor Simeon and the Saints. That, that just it ain't no way around it. They better win that game, or Josh Allen is a fraud. But the Raiders and the Cowboys should be a good game. I'm excited to see that. There should be some points scored. It'll be fun. I'll sit there. But it's at 1.30. Right, one thirty is about the time. What time do you guys eat, Kevin, on, on Thanksgiving? Uh, we do it up early, about four, four thirty. Four o'clock. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We usually, well, you know, say in, in in the black home, we try to say we're gonna eat at three o'clock. <laughs> we don't ever eat till five or six. Okay, <laughs> my mom will say we're gonna eat at three, but we're not doing it at my mom's house this time. We're doing it at my dad's, uh, my dad's house with him and his lady and and uh, and her kids. And so we'll be over there. They said three o'clock. We gonna see if it's actually going to be three o'clock. But I know usually at my mama's house, my mom say we gonna eat at three o'clock. It turns into five, uh, six o'clock. But by five, six o'clock, you've marinated up a, a you know what I'm saying a hunger 
the hunger pains have taken over. And so the food just takes extra good. And I wonder if my mom does this on purpose. I wonder if she does this on purpose where she says we're going to do the three. So you just expect and you wait and you're hungry and you're just feeling, you know, just, just, uh, you're just excited to eat. I, I think she does that on purpose. I just can't wait for the great food. Um, my favorite, man, my favorite dish on Thanksgiving is macaroni and cheese. That's mine too. Macaroni and cheese. <laughs> dude, macaroni and cheese, if it's done right, right? It's got to just be like cheesy, buttery, oily. I love it all. I want, I want the heart attack mac and cheese. I don't want the good for you, you know what I'm saying, uh, health conscious. No, 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 don't give me none of that. I don't want anything health conscious on, on Thanksgiving. Give me all the bad stuff. I want it all. Uh, hell, I want the fried turkey. Have you ever had a fried turkey, Kevin? Uh, we've done that, yes. I've done smoked and I've done fried. Oh. Ooh, yeah, we're doing smoke this year at my dad's house. My dad got a smoker, so we're going to do the smoked turkey. Uh, but my mama does the fried turkey. Oh, man, just, I love, I love things. Smoked turkey, fried turkey, uh, potato salad. My mom makes the best potato salad in the world. My wife is trying to get up to that standard. We're going to see, she, she's tried it a couple times. She's getting there. However, I just had potato salad this week. I was working on um, a commercial and somebody, the catering company may, have you ever had German potato salad, Kevin? Uh, what's the difference? The, the add dill or something like that. They add capers. Ah. I've never had it before. It was one of the best things I've ever tasted in my life. I love capers. Cause I love salty, right? So, Potato salad with capers. There was some dill and it's a little bit of a, you know, like a little mayonnaise. Oh, oh, it was one of the best potato salads I've ever had. My mom's is number one. I would say this place was number two. I got to find out what that recipe is so I can make it for myself. But I'm just excited for Thanksgiving. And I also implore all of you who are out there listening to be thankful. Definitely be thankful for your family, your friends, what you have, what you don't have, what others don't have. Be mindful um, if you can help lend a helping hand, do that in some way, shape, or fashion. But also, listen, give remembrance, learn about another culture, right? Um, there's a lot, but when we celebrate this Thanksgiving holiday, it's celebrating Thanksgiving. It doesn't have to be celebrating uh, what Thanksgiving actually, how it started, and what it, what it grew to be. Let's get some knowledge. Let's find out some things. And... Let's be empathetic. There's a, a lot of people who feel this celebration is not something to celebrate, but I don't think you have to celebrate Thanksgiving. You can just celebrate life, joy, and happiness. So happy Thanksgiving or happy life, joy, happiness day. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy your family. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you so much. I'm Reggie Watkins. You've been listening to I'm Probably Right. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment. Do not be hating. Kevin Cleland, thank you so much for engineering, running the board. Appreciate you, man. Happy Thanksgiving to your family and to you. We'll see y'all next week. Take it easy. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.